Hey, good afternoon and welcome back to uh, POM's podcast opportunity to try to uh, continue our ongoing effort to keep you engaged in uh, politics uh, and help you to uh, be better on your job and to be safer on your job. And uh, in our last uh, podcast, we talked specifically about texting and I guess even more specifically, sexting and uh was, it turned out to get a lot of reviews. A lot of questions have been uh, passed back and forth, and uh, it's been uh, very interesting to watch the uh, the outcome of those uh, podcasts and the reaction of our listeners. Today, uh, we're going to be doing it uh, live uh, from the POM offices, and uh, we have Tyler and Reese, our producers and directors, uh, working back in the Beltway. They're making sure that uh, we look as good as we can under the circumstances. I have been told I have a radio face, so... I uh, hope you'll work with me on that. But uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, other forms of social media. And for those of you that got the memo, uh, we are live, and you can contact us on Twitter at MIPOAM or on Facebook at MIPOAM, and we'll try to deal with any questions or comments we get during the show uh, that way. And those that we miss or that who see this at a later date, feel free to contact us with any questions or comments you have, and we'll make sure that we deal with them uh, when we can. Now, today we're going to be talking more specifically about other forms of social media. And, uh, of course, I have uh, a young person here to help me, uh, Gordana Masavsky, and we have our general counsel, uh, she being our assistant general counsel, and our general counsel, Frank Guido, from the POM office. Frank, having been uh, an expert in this field uh, with us now for 30-plus years and probably as long as Gordana has been in the business, or nearly, and, uh, but we won't go into dating. And the idea of this uh, idea today is to talk more in, with some of the other types of social media like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Periscope. Uh, it seems like I hear a new one surfacing all the time, uh, Facebook having been around for a while. And I guess uh, in, before bringing on the, the legal eagles here about uh, what goes on here, one of the things that I've learned as representing people who have been involved in these types of incidents is that the expectation of privacy should not exist in your, in your uh, repertoire. Uh, in the old days when people talked on the telephone, it was A talking to B and only A or B or perhaps a, a party line, which maybe none of you are familiar with listening in. But nowadays, uh, there is no such thing as expectation of privacy. It might be a tweet from tweet, correct? A tweet from uh, me or a text from me to Gordana, and it's my number to her number. It's my name to her name. However, once you hit send, it's no longer all private, uh, unless uh, you uh, followed along with uh, our former Secretary of State who lost thirty thousand emails uh, through some type of a bleach bid or whatever they called it. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Uh, and I remember some years ago where, Frank, you, you had told me that when you use company email for non-company business, that if somebody, if a warrant has gotten and somebody has a right to go looking for something in there, they actually have a right to see everything that's on that company email. Uh, I mean, it, because they've got this warrant. I understand that there's a high standard for that, but on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Periscope and all the rest of these, uh, I guess the most that I could say to our members is if you're going to hit send, you need to make sure that you don't mind anyone seeing it. 
And I think from there, I, you know, like so turn it over to you guys. What other are there other types of social media, Gordana, that you can think of that we should be talking about? Uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of new to that end of it, and uh, obviously you're more adept at it. So tell us a little bit about some of the other ones, and then maybe from there develop for the listeners and those viewing uh, what types of consequences can occur uh, when they are used in a way that uh, might embarrass you or someone else. Well, the things that we're talking about are um, social media sites like Facebook, like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, Pinterest, even things like LinkedIn, which is um, a professional social uh, internet site. And so anything that you post on those then is available to everybody socially. So, and by that you mean people that you are friends with. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're friends, obviously, in real life. It means that you've connected on the Internet somehow, and those people can see everything that you post. Um, sometimes their friends can see everything that you've posted. Um, so you, in that respect, everything that you write in these sites is available for anybody to see. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll be able to become experts on how you use it, but I think as I follow along with you here, when I send something to my group of friends, there's nothing really that prohibits someone among that group from sending it to a group of their friends, perhaps. Uh, so even if I think I've sent it to a segregated area of the population, there's no particular reason for me to feel that no one else will see it. You know, it's interesting that you say that because people are able to also, you know, you post a comment and then you think, you know, that probably wasn't wise. I'm going to go ahead and delete it. But in between that time, somebody can screen capture, which means like you can sort of take a picture of that screen screen on your cell phone, and then they can post it and say, oh, you know, Jim Ticanelli said this, and, you know, now it's spread out everywhere, and you weren't the one who wanted it up there anymore. Let me ask you, how easy is it, or is it possible to truly delete some posting on Facebook, for using that as an example? No. Okay. I mean, it's best for me to not send something that I want to delete sometime. Right. Maybe delete the idea. You know, and, and we shouldn't forget also that these social networking sites have Messenger as well, so that you can send messages, messages to people uh, within that social media site. And you should al also be careful when you're doing things of that nature. Let's, if I could, let's sure. put in perspective why this is especially problematic for the kinds of employees that are our members principally law enforcement, uh, subject to department rules and regulations uh, of very restrictive nature, uh, far more so than general public employees. The level of scrutiny of everything that they do on and off duty uh, is certainly heightened in comparison to general public employees. While all employees are, are going to benefit from the kind of comments we make, more so police uh, fire employees are at the greatest risk with social media issues. Social media for our members is, the word risk should pop up immediately for everyone. It, it's, a, it's a slippery slope. It's dangerous stuff because, as Gordana indicated, in a moment of passion, you can write something that you most certainly will regret you know, 24 hours later and maybe two minutes later. And uh, it's out there, and it can be preserved through the magic of, of what is the Internet, and uh, it can come back to haunt you. 
Now, specifically though, what, what's really critical for our members is to understand that while they might believe that anything and everything they say has a First Amendment protection, mm -hmm. that somehow because they are speaking, they, uh, they can get away with saying whatever they want and, and, and hide behind the First Amendment, which is, which is a tremendous right that we have. But everyone needs to know that there's a distinction between government as the sovereign and government as the employer. Uh, there are greater restrictions on government when it's in its sovereign relationship to the public in terms of, of abridging any free uh, speech rights versus the status of government as an employer. And while employees certainly have First Amendment protections, uh, especially as to matters that they speak to that deal with public concerns, uh, they can lose the First Amendment protection as well. They can lose it in the context uh, of making a, uh, a point of discussion a personal complaint. There, are, there is a test that is used in case law that scrutinizes whether or not the speech is protected by uh, public concern or whether it is more of a personal nature and therefore loses protection. And then we add all the other types of factors involved with labor unions and the fact that when we have individuals who, let's say there are local union representatives, the president, vice president, uh, secretary, treasurer of a local association, they may have another layer of rights mm -hmm. under the Public Employment Relations Act if they are speaking as to concerted protected activity matters. But again, it's, it's the same kind of scenario. You put yourself at risk the moment you expose yourself so to speak. In well, that happens too, I'm afraid. In, in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. Yes, it does. But uh, we're all creatures of uh, not human all, nature. Not so, all of us. anyways. You know, I, I wanted to ask you, Frank, because I, I think an important distinction there that you made, uh, maybe it's just oversimplifying it, but for us as police officers, for those who we represent that are police officers, it's different than a normal job. As you said, their government is a sovereign, I understand it, but we are held to a different standard. We do have people, that, that old conduct unbecoming a police officer, if you will, uh, maybe you could talk a little, one of you, about how uh, that, that boundary can get crossed in our lives a lot easier than it can in almost any other occupation. We do have people that get fired. There are policies and procedures, rules and regulations that say, uh, you know, bringing disrepute repute on the employer. Uh, this conduct done becoming a police officer. Is there another occupation out there that we could rely on to say, oh, conduct done becoming a whatever uh, is a termina terminable offense? Uh, very few. No, yeah, you're correct. Uh, because law enforcement, looking at that particular aspect of public employment, is considered paramilitary, the standards are higher. And all public employers that, that have law enforcement uh, departments have rules and regulations. And those rules and regulations can put you uh, in a position where you have to watch what you're doing, of course, on duty, but also off duty. And that's where this right. becomes even more so difficult because the moment you leave work, if there is a letting down of your guard I'm under a perception that I can, I can be more free now, it's not that way with law enforcement. You are uh, you are scrutinized twenty four seven. Right, you can, you can get yourself in a jam because you're arguing with the neighbor over you know hedge clippings that fell over the fence. 
I mean, anybody else could go and argue about that, but in this case, if that guy decides to say you pushed him or touched him, you're subject to discipline, very likely. Very true. And that's why we, as POM, you know, certainly advocate on behalf of our members that they're, they're treated to such a high standard, and so therefore, uh, when they give public service, they deserve both the respect of the public for what they do, but also are, are very much deserving of, of, a, of a proper wage and benefit level to uh, right. to make their existence uh, uh, palatable under all the difficult circumstances they have. What are, uh, I think we've talked a little bit about some of the consequences of these postings, and that is, uh, that is the thing that seems to alert us to these social media things most frequently. When you say Gordana, where somebody posts something, and, and it can be, I guess, so use the extremes on the one end where they may post a picture of some crime scene. Right. You know, hey, uh, hey, Dad, hey, honey, here's what, you know, guess what I saw today. And I know that's, that's simplified. But, but the fact of the matter is they want to share with others, not in the, the business, something they saw or did or heard or thought today. And then there's the other extreme where they may be taking pictures at the request of their boss. Uh, we've had them where some of these cell phone cameras are actually way better than the cameras we used to use and have to load. And so while you're taking these pictures for evidence, potentially, as they go through your phone to look for this potential evidence, unless you are very cautious about how you save it on a, into a computer or whatever, everything in your phone could be looked at. That, that's correct, and, and we should probably alert everyone to the fact that, that one of the greatest risks in the employment setting is access to your, let's say, cell phone uh, in, in two ways, internal investigations and criminal investigations. And there's a big distinction, though, in terms of how and if an employer can get access. If there's a criminal investigation ongoing, where whether, the officer wh whether is you're, the whether you're being Whether you're the witness I see. or whether you are um, the subject of the investigation. And the employer can... Uh, generally, it's going to be another agency that's going to be involved in the investigation. Let's assume that it is. But warrants can be obtained, search warrants can be obtained, whereby you would have to turn over your phone. And at that moment in time, the, the incredible amount of information on a phone uh, is, is mind-boggling as to how much information is there and accessible to whoever is doing an investigation. And there is no mechanism before the fact that you can bring to challenge the search warrant itself. After the fact, there may be a basis to challenge certain things that are obtained, mm -hmm. but generally the search warrant is going to be a relatively broad uh, spectrum of things allowed to be accessed and you put yourself at risk. Now, in an employment setting, we should, we should point out that there is a law in Michigan, the Internet Privacy Act, that protects employees from uh, allowing an employer to have access to your phone or demanding access to your phone. But again, just like the First Amendment, there are exceptions to the rule. One of the things employees should be aware of is if that phone, let's say, is the device we're talking about, has been paid for or provided by the employer 
it's open, open season for the employer to have access. Even subsidized, to it. where you know they give you fifteen dollars a month any, towards your bill. Any form of contribution toward that device by the employer makes it property that they can access without a warrant. They can demand it in an employment. It's like setting. looking in your locker in the exactly. old days where they can cut right. the lock off. Right. If the locker is provided by the employer, right. if the desk is provided by the employer they have a right of access to it in an internal investigation setting. That's different, of course, than the whole search warrant aspect that we're talking about in a criminal investigation. So the employer can get access to the information. They can review it. You're, you're going to have all of your life exposed. All sorts of privacy issues uh, are at hand. But if the employer has a right of access to it, they're going to be able to look at it. Again, you might have some after-the-fact ability to challenge things from an evidentiary standpoint if it happens to be you know a case criminal or civil you might have some avenue of relief uh, if the scope of the um, uh, inquiry into your phone is, is is too broad but you're placing yourself at risk so how do you avoid the problem in the first instance what don't do you do, do it. Don't, don't do it, do it. <laughs> right when don't in, do it when in doubt rub it out that's it <laughs> now do you uh, are you familiar either of you familiar at all with any policies procedures or been asked to review any I, I'm not uh, as regarding use of your personal phone while on duty I, I don't remember anybody being asked to by me hey check a look at this policy to see if you know is limiting you know by policy or procedure or at least making you aware of by policy or procedure that this could happen uh, with your a phone that's either yours or subsidized by the uh, well, I, I think there's a distinction between the two. The ones that there, there have been some, and I can't off the top of my head point out the department, but there have been some where, where devices are provided by the governmental entity. Uh, they can impose reasonable restrictions. And that's even provided for and stated in the, the Internet Privacy Act. Um, the flip side being that if it's your personal phone, again, the Internet Privacy Act would say the employer is not to have access to, um, to that item. And certainly that also brings back uh, an item that I talked about before, which is the Public Employment Relations Act. We're an employer to say to the union, here's some rules and regs we want to impose regarding access to a phone, be it employer-provided or personal. We would certainly want to know from our members that that's happening, from our locals, and we would want to make demands to bargain uh, to make sure that, one, the employer isn't running afoul of the state law, the Internet Privacy Act, and also to make sure that we bargain the impact of whatever it is they intend to do. We should uh, then, while saying that, uh, make everyone who's listening or watching now or in the future aware that, you know, uh, tweet us at, at MIPOAM or uh, Facebook MIPO, at MIPOAM or contact one of us at the office or your business agent uh, from POAM because I think... Uh, this is something, as we we're talking about it, that uh, I'm becoming more aware of the fact that maybe we need to either come up with a policy that tells guys, hey, listen, if you're using it, it's fair game, or so don't use it, or whatever. There, if there's a policy or procedure out there, at least we would be giving people a head start on it instead of having to litigate everything afterwards and say, well, I didn't know this and I didn't know that, because uh, I'm not aware of any policies that we have I don't like know that, that any have gone into effect that, that even if we may have looked at some model policies. Yeah, I've, not, but, uh, I've not been asked about it, but I think that's, I think that's important, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Is that something that you've looked at? Or in these cases where you've had people 
that have been uh, threatened with discipline or discipline for using their phone or tweeting or saying, showing something on Facebook. I mean, it's really now, even on Facebook, they're, uh, yeah, I understand in employer situations where when you come in to get hired, they're saying, uh, we need your Facebook password. You know, they want to see, you know, who, you know, what you've seen, on, what you've said on Facebook. Have you run into any of those, Gordon? Well, you're not required um, by the Internet Privacy Act to um, turn over your password to, to any potential employer. But, you know, remember, though, again, it's a social network. So all somebody has to do is just type your name in and find you that way. Um, oh, sure. It, so they'll know what you've been posting because it's yeah, there. Yeah, sure. See. And so we've been talking a little bit about, you know, what's in your phone and how those things are discoverable. But, you know, let's talk about the bigger picture here, the things that you take out of your phone and put on these social networks. Like what's getting people into trouble in that respect? Um, you know, and there are plenty of departments that have these sort of, you know, don't bring disrepute on our department, don't do things that are questionable. Um, there are policies against like wearing your uniform and taking pictures that may be unsavory or uh, frowned upon and putting those kinds of pictures out into the social media world. Um, you know, those things bring risk to officers, bring risk to their employment. Um, and, you know, to even like broaden that a little bit, things that you post that you think are funny, that are jokes, um, those funny memes that, you know, could be taken out of context. Memes? Memes, like the little pictures um, you know that that have you know they have like little sayings on them. But, I thought maybe you know. that was like a speech impediment or something. I didn't no. know where the meme came from. That's a real mm -hmm. deal, huh? That's a real deal. Um, you know, like political posts or things that sort of allude to could allude to an officer having some sort of bias against people of you know a certain age or a certain. Well, let me gender. ask you about that because yeah. years ago it used to be kind of, uh, there was a fine line where a, a guy going to a, a city council meeting, standing at the podium, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I want to talk about this or that. And there used to be a, a little different standard for the union president than there was for others. And I, I, I think that's still the case. However, then there was the idea, well, if he walks in and he's got a, you know, so-and-so know, so police department hat on or so-and-so police department shirt on, and did he live in town or not live in town? There were all these different standards. I guess I'd like to know, is that same, does that same standard seem to apply in these social media things where can I say on Facebook, you know, the mayor is, is, a, is a rat or the mayor is, a, you know, no good, or I support the other guy, whereas if I said it at an open meeting, I remember those standards. Would you say that same standard if they know I'm an employee here or they know I'm a police officer? The distinction is in how you are presenting yourself. If you say, I'm, I'm representing the so-and-so police department and I support Joe or Mike. Uh, for the police political. department or the union? No, I'm saying if you were to put yourself mm. out, hold yourself out as, as being a police officer for such and such a department, right. you might run afoul of rules and regulations by then making political statements. Uh, there's a big distinction, as we've noted, if you are a union representative and you are speaking out on matters. That's generally going to be considered protected both by First Amendment as well as Public Employment Relations Act provisions. But you're at risk if you are holding yourself out as a police officer in making a political endorsement. Now, if you're doing it as, I'm a citizen, I'm just Joe. I don't have a uniform on. I'm not telling you where I'm affiliated, where I'm working. You have every right 
to support whatever candidate uh, that you want to do uh, support in, in a given so, election. So an officer that lives in, uh, we'll use Redford Township, because that's where you are right now, 27056 Joyville. Uh, if you... Uh, if you, if you were a Redford Township resident and a police officer in Redford Township, you could go to a Redford Township board meeting and say, I disagree with the money you've spent on this park, or I, uh, you know, I think that taxes shouldn't be this or that, because he lives there. Where Would it be different if he actually lives in Dearborn Heights and he works in Redford Township and comes in and says, I disagree with you know, what the mayor has done? Or is, it, is the fact that he lives there and pays taxes there have an impact? Uh, I don't know that that particular fact pattern would, would be a big distinction in terms of, of the individual's rights. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there's a question of common courtesy, too, when you're doing those things. If you become irate, if you're out of control, if you are... If you are threatening perception. Threatening, if you're leveling attacks at particular people, uh, then you're putting yourself at risk. But otherwise, the same test will still apply. If that which you speak about is a matter of public concern, certainly matters of taxes are, uh, then that's going to be protected First Amendment speech. If, you, if you're starting to go below the belt in your, your, your comments, uh, it's going to get scrutinized and you might lose your protection. How about uh, we get these votes of no confidence that, uh, I don't know, they come and go, uh, where you'll start seeing them in a number of places where they want to have a vote of no confidence for the chief. You know, we don't like the chief. So we're all going to uh, take a vote and say that, you know, 8 out of 10 say the chief is no good. Is that something that a person could do on Facebook or on Twitter or on, you know, Instagram, Periscope, et cetera, et cetera, where they would do that? I know I'm a police officer. I'm not saying the union president necessarily. Let's say that somebody in there says, you know, I'm tired of the chief and uh, and, you know, jot your name down here or give me a check mark if you agree. Is that different? Well, I think the distinction is not so much the act of when you're doing it and in the context of doing it, but then what happens with that information after it's done. In other words, if in the confines of the department in a legitimate setting, I vote because the union is pushing forward an issue of whether or not there's support that's okay. That's one thing. That's probably concerted, protected activity under para anyways. But if now somebody runs with that out and starts posting that everywhere and kind of goes outside of the confines of the department, you're putting yourself at risk um, big time, I think. Um, Because even though what may have started out and been legitimate internally has now become over the edge by having gone outside the scope of the department of the county. Does this bring us back to your uh, the suggestion that continuing, you know, surfaces? Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. Well, you know, <laughs> you make a good point because, for example, on Facebook, you can actually create a poll, like put a question, and then people can say yes, no, maybe. You know, Frank is my boss, and, and I put on Facebook, you know, do you guys think Frank is a good guy? Yes, no, or you do things. Don't do that. Yeah, you know. Don't do that. Your concerted <laughs> political activity is yeah, crossing exactly, the line. Exactly. I can so, tell you listen, right now. I mean, is it illegal for me to do that? No. Is he going to fire it, me it for might doing be. that? In, in, inside this building, it may be illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, being critical of your employer, being critical of your employer's policies, um, those things are bound to get you in, in some trouble. And certainly are you know likely to get you fired from your job. And you know waving the First Amendment flag around isn't going to help you much in that 
situation. So, so. those good old days that, that I survived under where I could say, uh, you can tell anybody you want, I said it, I'm going to deny it and you can't prove it. Um, now I need to not, yeah, that's not, not, hit, a thing. not hit send anymore. <laughs> no, that's not no, a they thing got, anymore. They got microphones on their shirts and they're you know, in the back seats of the car, the front seats of the car, and satellite dishes and drones. So I guess the best thing to do would be... Uh, Just don't do it. Oh, Just man. Just don't do You're, it. I oh. stole Sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> my life. That's no good. No, it, it's better for me. Sorry. Okay, anything final uh, notes on this? Uh, was, I hope you find, guys have found something in your today. I mean, I we're surrounded here by two lawyers, but the intention was to try to give you a lot to think about and to allow you to uh, inc make further inquiries, certainly of our staff. We have uh, three assistant general counsel here, plus Frank and, and leading the, the legal department, and your business agents are always there for you to uh, inquire from as well. But... Uh, the, I guess we can rely, particularly on Gordana's advice, don't do it. But you know what? Going back to the, uh, the emotional part or the passionate part, as Frank indicated earlier, is uh, unfortunately one of those things that causes that index finger to hit send just before you realize it's a bad idea. And uh, that's like one of the things that keeps us busy. But uh, we're interested in hearing from you on this and other items and uh, for future podcasts. Uh, tweet us at uh, at MIPOAM or uh, on Facebook at MIPOAM or of course you call our office at 313-937-9000 and we're always uh, happy to uh, get Dawn to direct your call and uh, anything else any parting words there from either of you I'd, uh, I sure appreciate having you here uh, to try to tell me all the things I've done wrong and gotten away with I'm yeah. Uh, this is not an admission of anything, of course. Just, uh, I think, uh, certainly a, a, a final comment would be that if you believe you can fly under the radar with some of your comments uh, in the social media setting, it, it's just not going to happen, not any longer, not in this day and age, not with the technology that's there. There is no flying under the radar. You're going to be exposed, and you're going to be at risk. Yeah, we know now. I mean, the beating the hard drive with a hammer doesn't work. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I guess uh, and even if you throw it into the Detroit River like we, well, not we did, but some used to do with evidence. What's well, going on I think here? we discovered at one point that they all end up at the base of Cobo Hall. So uh, whatever, you, whatever you think you're throwing over, overboard at Nine Mile is going to end up at the base of Cobo. So, wow, you're getting real specific, huh? Well, it's, that's where everybody ends up at. All right. Dead or alive. So uh, anyway, appreciate you guys coming out. Thanks to Reese and Tyler for uh, helping us out today in... Uh, uh, we'll look forward to hearing from anyone out there and uh, appreciate your comments. Thank you very much.